podcast intent for information on educational purposes only, not for the purpose of rendering medical advice. As always, information should be pulled from multiple credible sources. Cross reference wormlet your almost accurate hypothesis. Evans can support always seek the advice of a physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any question regarding a medical condition. <gasps> this is the actual PT podcast, where actual problems meet actual evidence, producing actual results. And your hosts, Troy Lind and Taylor Flocken. Hello, actual PT Nation. We're here with uh, Troy Lind and uh, someone you probably never heard of. This is Taylor Flocken. How you doing, Taylor Flocken? Actual PT Nation. It's so exciting to finally be a part of this. Uh, <laughs> I, I've been looking forward to this for weeks. Have you? I mean, I think that's the first show you've been on with The us. first ever <laughs> show first ever. I've never ever once any other show. First time on podcast. First time I'm meeting you too. I mean, yeah. I, I, I mean, I was just guy walking down the street, and you just like I just pulled you in, pulled my me arms, in. my actual PT arms, your embrace, your my warm <laughs> embrace, and said, "Let's make a podcast. Let's make a podcast." Yeah, and hey, here we are. Here we are, actual PT Nation. It's so exciting to be uh, speaking. And to in you. no way are we roommates. No. 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 Well, actually, we're strictly roommates. <laughs> actually, I think about it. We're only roommates. We are only strictly roommates. Actual PT roommates. Actual PT. We are actually PTs, though. Roommates. Roommates. Yeah. Um, episode. Uh, so, <laughs> so what, what, we, what brought you here today, actual PT Nation, is um, we're mixing it up a little bit. We're doing the old mix we're, matcheroo. We're throwing it into a blender and hitting turbo. <laughs> Blenders do have turbo. <laughs> I think they do. <laughs> I, haven't, I haven't seen a blender in years. Um, <laughs> I don't know what that means. <laughs> um, have you ever seen the interview where he's like, we're in a blender and now we're here? What? 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 I don't you get this reference. Yeah, I don't get this reference. Someone will, and someone will find it interesting. It's a movie. Look it up. It's funny. Vince Vaughn. Uh, Owen Wilson. Anyways, we're, to, we're, we're changing up in the fact that this episode, we're going to do an overall case study. And this case study is going to be basically to show you guys that, A, we're not smart. <laughs> no basically yeah. that that, yeah. that that even with all the education you can do and all the evidence you can look into that at the end of the day sometimes you just don't know sometimes things don't work the way it's supposed to we talk to it we talk about it all the time how the world's pretty gray out there it's not black and white and uh we want to give you some examples and why it's important to uh I guess it's always important to keep an open mind, um, mm. understand that we're all human in this world, yeah, and that uh, none of us are perfect. Yeah, I mean, part of, I think, what makes some of these cases pop up is the fact that there is huge amounts of variation in uh, the human body. I mean, there's, yeah. the, there's the base model, but... Uh, in, and we, we study the base model, but there is huge amounts of variation from person to person. And when you start talking about some different structures, whether it's nerves, whether it, especially nerves and vasculature, I mean, huge amounts of variation there. But even sometimes in the case of uh, muscle, um, yeah. there was a, uh, while me and Troy were... Uh, That's me. That's me. We're studying uh, cadavers in PT school. There were two bodies that had an extra attachment for the biceps. Sitting right next to each other. Yeah. And our anatomy professor looks at it and goes, 
I've never seen that in my life. I've been doing this for 20 years. What in the world? Yeah. And here there are two of them. Yeah. 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 In the same room. <laughs> yep. Exactly. So that's part of kind of what gets us into this really weird stuff, this weird atypical presentations, things that, you know, you just don't really uh, think about. You just go off what you know and treat what you can. Yeah. Yeah. And that'll, uh, and we'll kind of, kind of show you. So we're just going to kind of work through the case. And we're going to kind of break it down in time and place, show you kind of what we're thinking at that time and how the progression went and how it all ended up. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so what's the name? No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> name, date of birth, social security <laughs> yeah. address in that order. Yeah. Hippo would love, hippos love that. Hippos love that. Uh, no, uh, this was a uh, woman, uh, mid sixties and originally seen for left shoulder pain and uh, radicular symptoms. Uh, radicular meaning uh, some nervy stuff going down the arms, burning, tingling, all that good stuff. Uh, we see her for a couple months. Uh, we managed to resolve all the radicular uh, stuff. Like all that manages to uh, just kind of uh, get on out of town. But the pain really kind of stays and continues to be a functional issue for her. So she ultimately decides to... Uh, her and uh, her surgeon decided to go through with a shoulder replacement. Total shoulder, right? Total was shoulder arthroplasty. It was no, it was a uh, it was a normal normal torso. Yeah, uh, with the reverse uh, for the listeners at home. Uh, essentially, uh, they switch what sides the ball and socket is on. Yeah, they reverse it. They reverse it. They reverse the order. Yeah, yeah. Wonder why they call it that. Um, I don't know. Yeah, who knows? Uh, so she gets this and. Right kind of away, there is kind of like this weird little deficit. She says, you know, my hand just is, doesn't seem to work really good at this angle. And she knows that while uh, trying to eat dinner one night, uh, she was trying to cut carrots. I remember, <laughs> I remember exactly. exactly. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Those carrots are tough. Yeah. Yeah. Um, anyways, uh, she uh, goes through therapy, um, you know, and most pretty much most of her uh, pain kind of resolves, um, ends up with excellent uh, passive range of motion, which is really hard to get in a total shoulder. Yeah. We normally need to tell patients that, hey, look, you know, you may not be able to lift your arm straight up over your head anymore. It'll be pain free, but, you know, you're going to be limited there. Yeah. Yeah, I was gonna say usually I mean we say like one twenty. I mean usually we yeah. say like yeah. yeah, it will be it will be functional in most cases, right? Like getting yeah. stuff out of the cupboard. Yeah. Like you will you will for the most part, but but you're not gonna be reaching it directly overhead like the other arm. Like this is no. a this is an overall this is a permanent limitation because of just the hardware, just how the approach of the surgery. It, exactly. And and that's just kind of where we're at with the shoulder. The shoulder is a little more complicated than a knee. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Or um, hip. Or a hip. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, well, anyways, uh, excellent uh, passive range of motion, but kind of limited actively. Um, ha just tends to have, like, a lot of issues with scapular stability. She can't really coordinate her shoulder blade to work in conjunction with the ball and socket very well. Um, and she kind of continues on with that issues with that hand dexterity at that particular angle. It's kind of like... Uh, your arm is kind of like out in front of you with your elbow bent. Um, all, kind of a similar position as like you put yourself in when you're like doing or undoing buttons on your shirt. And how far uh, along is this that she mentioned all this? Roughly, obviously. So she she first noticed that very shortly uh, after the surgery because you can move a little bit more after a total shoulder than you can like a rotator cuff. Yeah, for sure. And and 
initially, I mean, I would just still be thinking limitations with total shoulder. Yeah, I mean, I mean, no, yeah, because it's a pretty. I mean, it's a. I mean, for the listeners out there, it's a massive procedure. I mean, it's it is a major. They're going in and replacing your entire shoulder. I mean, they're doing actual hardware. They're taking out bone, putting in metal. Yeah, so it's like a big procedure. So, you know, early on like this, you're just thinking, okay, like yeah, yeah. you just had a total shoulder. We're not. Yeah. We're going to be limited in some places for a little while. Yeah, yeah, and you know, I'm in. Uh, I'm in communication with uh, with the surgeon. Um, you know, with my doc and everything, and it's just a kind of a thing of. Hey, you know, some people, uh, you know, get really strong and they, uh, do great. Some people, it just takes more time, uh, keep working, keep yeah. up with everything. And so long as she w- is making progress, um, we can justify it to Medicare and we're good. And so we continue on this path for about a total of like nine months post-op and she is still having that same major limitation, yeah. um, and on top of that, uh, the uh, active range of motion, just huge struggle with uh, just having the strength to lift up her arm fully in front of her without her shoulder jacking up towards the sky. Yeah. Compensating. Um, yeah, compensating. So, you know, I'm like writing up a, um, a recertification note and I'm just like uh, going through it and I could tell by that point we had kind of plateaued and really, really difficult to justify that. But I started just kind of like thinking in my head, I'm like, you know, there's some stuff here that's just not adding up right. Like this, the, uh, the shoulder, you know, she should be able to, by this point to keep her shoulder down. She should be yeah. able to, um, you know, buttons should not be an issue for her to do. She should be able to kind of put her hair up for instance. Um, these, these are all like things going through my head. And then suddenly I just kind of like started thinking about it more and, Became uh, quite concerned because um, I was kind of worried that I had uh, missed something kind of big, a uh, tear of the subscapularis. Uh, this which is, is Which is a pretty important muscle. Yes. This is one of your rotator cuff muscles. And for this one, it has to be detached in order for them to get to where they need to to replace the shoulder. And it can be a, uh, it can be a symptom of um, – or a con- it's a con- – it's not common, but it is a complication of the surgery where that muscle can detach. Um, and who knows? Uh, I mean, that shoulder has already been through uh, 60 years of uh, pretty, yeah. you know, wild and wonderful Wyoming. <laughs> that was a joke. Yeah, that's a good one, yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's supposed to be the of West Virginia. Well, yeah, yeah. Wild, uh, wonderful West Virginia. Um, anyways, yeah. Uh, so... I uh, refer her back to her surgeon like, hey, I think we might need to get some imaging on this. Some things just really aren't adding up here. Um, and they do the imaging. Comes back negative. That that subscap is fully intact. It is yeah. holding on. Yeah. So then the question is, <laughs> why what? isn't it working? <laughs> why, what's going on with all why of this? Why isn't it turned on? Yeah. Yeah. Um, and the, the other reason why I also um, did this, and next time I saw her, I... Uh, ran through some special tests and she popped positive on every special test for either um, a tear or severe insufficiency of mm-hmm. subscapularis. Mm-hmm. So it's like, why? Um, she then gets referred to a neuroconsult. Um, and this guy does an EMG study. So that's kind of looking at how the electrical impulse goes down the arm like how strong it is and if it is limited after certain um anatomical like common uh anatomical i guess choke points um that's a sign that that choke point's causing an issue and for her she uh tested positive for severe carpal tunnel 
Now, here's the thing. In my time with her, you know, trying to figure out what's going on, I had already run through all the carpal tunnel tests. Every single one was negative. <laughs> Every single one was negative. Um, anyway, she uh, goes through. She uh, has the release done. And some things start improving. Um, she, uh, her, she's suddenly, for whatever reason, able to hold her shoulder blade down, which that still does not make any, any sense, sense at all. to me. <laughs> you know, a, a little bit more strength there. Um, she still has the limitation at that weird angle, um, but the, there is the potential here. I mean, she said she brought that up somewhat early after the surgery continued to be a problem for up to nine months later. Um, very likely, unfortunately, nerve damage had occurred by that. Yeah, time. I was going to say, because, yeah, I mean, usually when it doesn't come back, I mean, they could have cut, I mean, they could have easily cut it, damaged it in the surgery, um, or just it was choked, you know, at, yeah. or it was compressed so long that the nerve yeah. died, essentially. Yeah. But, you know, the weirdest thing about this, carpal tunnel follows the median nerve. <laughs> yeah. And the median nerve is... I mean, you, uh, for the listeners at home, you guys can, you know, just throw in a picture of a median nerve stretch. That is putting that nerve on the biggest stretch possible. Um, her position was elbow bent yeah, and, and close to the body. Like, if anything, ulnar. Uh, yeah, I mean, yeah. maybe. Basically, where her issues are are not where median nerve uh, issues. issues occur. It's just not. It doesn't make any sense. And... So this is a little bit of a uh, cliffhanger because, um, I mean, we're, we're still kind of waiting to see what happens there. Um, she's uh, uh, been discharged by me because I think, you know, hey, I think it's just going to be more of a, a time thing. You know, gave her, well, she already had a uh, whole bunch of stuff to do and work on. Yeah. yeah, but um, I told her to reach out, you know, if uh, get any update on if that improves or not. But weird, bizarre kind of When we're case. talking... Nine months, you said, right? Yeah. I mean, that is a lot of therapy. I mean, that is a long time to follow through. I mean, you're looking at almost a year, right? And it's like, yeah. So, like, you ran through everything. She had two procedures in that time. Yeah. And she still didn't have a full return of function. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. And, you know, and she was making progress throughout most of that nine months. It wasn't like a case of, you yeah. know, holding yeah. on to for too long. It was yeah. just a matter of, it's progressing slowly, but we are getting somewhere. Yeah. Well, and it's, and, you know, I feel like a lot of, uh, you know, the only issue is because of how insurance works. Yeah. I feel like we get a lot of pressure to discharge or see them a lot early on, like three times. Oh, they're not progressing. We'll see them more. See them quicker. See, 12, yeah. you have to see them 12 visits as soon as possible, you know, like three times a week. As soon. Like so, there's so, a lot of pressure and a lot of PT to bill, right? We need money, money, money. So I feel like in a lot of, instances she would have gone to a therapist she would have plateaued early yeah she would have gotten the total shoulder but that would have plateaued and they probably would have just discharged and said it kind of it is what it is sorry we can't help you anymore yeah so you know in certain aspects it's good that you carried around for so long because because of that you were able to identify other issues that she was have, able to have a larger return of function that prior i mean the the surgeon didn't hadn't brought it up right i mean yeah yeah he wasn't saying anything well, and, you know, he kind of thought the same thing I, I did because she she first brought it up to him about, um, let's see here, about two or three months after the fact, like, look, this is a real bothersome. You know, it, it's so hard to butt my shirt. It feels like impossible. Like my fingers just don't work. Yeah. Um, and he's like, and he kind of said, you know, kind of what I was thinking. Um, ah, 
you know, insufficiency of, uh, of the rotator cuff. Um, likely, uh, likely subscapularis, you know, we had to detach that, reattach it. Sometimes that function gets really funky. Um, and I mean, the exercises I made up, uh, to try and really combat that, I mean, it, Really remarkable. <laughs> Some remarkable stuff on your <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Some really good leg work there. <laughs> um, but, but, but yeah, um, and, you know, we tried to progress where we could and, you know, was able to demonstrate some minor progression, but it... That's what it was, How much return did she have at when it was all said and done in that position? I mean, were we talking she... I mean, roughly, right? There's no yeah. way to... Subjectively me- measure this, right? Exactly. But like, but like for her, did she feel well, like, you know, 10%, 50%? Well, you know, actually I did do something for an objective measure. Um, grip strength. Okay, yeah. Uh, grip, in that position. Yeah, grip strength in that position as opposed to uh, elbow at 90 degrees out in front and as well as elbow straight. Um, and, uh, I mean, it was a substantial decrease in strength. And if any, I mean... That angle should not affect it at all. At all. But it doesn't change anything with the the muscles at the elbow. Yeah, I mean, it was. Uh, I remember it being Flexes like it was, Yeah, it was like a pretty severe uh, ch- decrease. It was like sixty six percent of like her maximal strength. Wow. Yeah. And, so compared to the unaffected side. You mean. Uh, no, no, no. Compared to in other positions. In other positions. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Um. So that was. And that one, you know, got a little bit better, but, um, you know, it wasn't, it definitely wasn't the substantial thing we were looking for. I will say that, um, you know, doing the buttons on the shirt definitely got a lot easier. Um, They got better and some motions continue to improve, but yeah, internal rotation is the, uh, it's still a crux. yeah. Yeah. And it's still kind of a case of don't know why. Yeah, which does yeah, <laughs> yeah, and and to my uh, to add the surgeon, I was also like, I don't know, right? Because yeah. she had she has seen him since all of this, right? Yeah, and he's still like, uh, well, well, you know, he was kind of like you know severe carpal tunnel. Um, this needs to be released like very quickly, um, but it's such an atypical presentation that yeah. um, I I don't know why the carpal tunnel would be the uh, would be the crux there yeah. just just well and part of it i think we had mentioned in previous um in previous episodes about you know double crush right so with her having the cervical issues prior you know <laughs> nine months prior <laughs> i, I um, probably closer uh probably closer to 11 because i treated her for i think like two or and so then months she had the surgery yeah, yeah. So, so yeah so a year prior she was having cervical issues uh, with with radiculopathy, so yeah, maybe it just was kind of a double crush where it caused enough. You know, the hose yeah. was kinked enough to where it, you know, the the slight, right. the minimal amount of of occurrence or occlusion happening at the carpal tunnel was enough to make a dip. Who knows? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, that that's the right answer. That's the right answer. I mean. And don't get me wrong, um, I don't necessarily, you know, think that we got the neck 100% great, but we definitely got it to where it wasn't as um, symptomatic mm-hmm. um, and wasn't, you know, giving her constant um, tingling, burning, pain, like all of that stuff. We managed to resolve most of those symptoms. It's just so interesting that the part of the nerve that was still impacted was motor. Um, yeah. Just yeah. a interesting thing. 
Yeah, and so they're so basically they're thinking now it's uh, nerve damage. Yeah, because it hasn't returned, right? Yeah, uh, essentially, and you know, um, you know, just talk about uh, talked with them about uh, you know continuing to strengthen, continue to work on your biomechanics. Um, if you want this thing to you know be functional, you got to do this, and you have to try to be as strong as you can to make up for these deficits. And she wasn't having that weakness prior to surgery, correct? It just popped. It just came up after. It just came up after, and yeah, it's so odd. Yeah, yeah. Um, and and it is such an invasive procedure. You know, it's like it really is. It's it's easy to damage nerve vasculature. It's easy to damage stuff when you're in there. No, it's it's very uh, very uh, teeny tiny, teeny tiny, teeny tiny, and you gotta be exact with everything that you're doing. So yeah. it, yeah. um. Yeah, that is uh, our little case study. It doesn't exactly have a uh, glorious ending. <laughs> glorious ending, and I think it's important though to talk about these um, these type of cases though, because at the end of the day, if, you know, if it helps somebody else to you know kind of go down the checklist of you know what's going on with this, it it's I, I think that's definitely a worthy conversation to have to help yeah. further uh, either clinicians or patients be like, you know, what's going on here? Maybe I need a second opinion. Yeah, that's what I was about to say is um, I think the biggest moral of the story is that, like, like I had referred before, a lot of PTs would have exhausted the visits. Yeah. And once you plateaued, it's like, look, it's just it is what it is and send you home. But you as a patient if you haven't exhausted your opportunity your possibilities just because you don't know i'm not saying you have to know what's happening right but for you to just take accept one person's opinion and viewpoint that's i'd argue you're missing the boat you know i mean yeah. always this goes to show that if someone's if if you don't have a therapist that's going to advocate for you or because it's such an odd presentation, they just miss it which happens right yeah 100 does you know, maybe yeah. they just miss it or maybe they're Ignorant to, I mean, whatever the possibility is, I think you're, you know, always get the second opinion. Mm-hmm. It's not until several people have gone down the line telling you the same thing. And sometimes even then it's not true, but yeah, I mean, until you get some form of answer that makes sense and that, that helps your symptoms. I mean, it's hard to don't stop. Yeah. Well, and I mean, honestly, I, I kind of feel like if you have an atypical presentation and you know, the, the problem is not improving, I guess second opinion. It's, yeah, for sure. It, I mean, as a healthcare professional, I I don't take any offense to that. Especially, yeah, if you are in a rural area. Especially <laughs> if you're in a rural area, because it people miss the boat a lot in rural healthcare yeah. because of the limitation in uh, services. I mean, think about. I know back home, I'm from Wauseon, Ohio. It's like 50 minutes to the nearest neurologist if you want a second opinion or like you know at a larger hospital system it's like yeah yeah let me refer you i don't know what's happening so let me refer you 50 minutes down the road for x amount who knows how long you're gonna have to yeah imaging and visits oh and and how many months out uh, your appointment's gonna be yeah yeah exactly so it's like yeah a lot of times it falls to the crack but uh the cracks but uh i guess that shows why it's important to not let it yeah and to advocate for yourself or others. Yeah, I mean... Depending on who you are and what the case is. Yeah. Um, if if uh, you have something that's really atypical and uh, whoever uh, surgeon is really wanting to cut, I would get 
I would get uh, another second opinion or uh, shoot, I'd uh, go for a third or a fourth and, yeah. you know, see if there's any uh, lining up. If it's four different answers, I wouldn't feel very confident. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Uh-huh. <laughs> At all. <laughs> yeah. Maybe one's more convincing than the others. I don't know. <laughs> well, I think the biggest thing to point out is that uh, you'd made remarkable exercises. Yes. Yeah. I think that's what we need to uh, focus in on. Yeah. Here is- yeah, how groundbreaking you are. Yeah. <laughs> I'm breaking yeah. ground. I am I'm pushing this profession forward. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, you're really moseying this thing along, aren't you? I really am. I'm milking this thing for everything I can. <laughs> <laughs> well, um with that, I'm tired of listening to Taylor's voice, so uh stay Strictly classy. roommates. Strictly. Strictly roommates. Classy actual, actual PT, PT nation. nation.